Normally, this podcast is dedicated to the art of advocacy. Today, the show is dedicated to the act of advocacy. Today's show is my editorial on gun violence in light of the all-too-familiar recent events. Participate, engage, speak out, use your voice to be an effective advocate. The Voices in Advocacy podcast examines the diverse landscape of advocacy, exploring the ins and outs of building influence, driving change, and creating champion advocates. It's now time for the Voices in Advocacy podcast with your host, Roger Rickard. I know I will not please everyone with this podcast and that it might hurt my business. That is not my intent, nor will it ever be. But this epidemic is eating at me. Now is the time to stand on principle, decency, and what is morally right. It is time for me to be an advocate for what I think is an existential threat to this country. It is time to recalibrate our moral compass, eliminate those weapons of war, and attack the gun violence problem in America. It is difficult for any of us who have not endured the pain of losing your child or having your child survive an act of horrific proportion to be able to fully comprehend their suffering. However, I do recognize the trauma that many of us are feeling. I cry just thinking about the possibility of this type of act being perpetrated on my grandchildren or any tender young boy or girl. We must find a solution. Martin Luther King Jr. said, quote, our lives begin to end the day we become silent about the things that matter, end quote. Believe it or not, this is not a political issue. It is a moral issue. How can we stand by without doing nothing and allow people the ability to use weapons of war to attack innocent children? Martin Luther King also said, quote, the time is always right to do what is right, end quote. Who will stand up? Who will speak out? People argue that no law will fix the problem entirely. Tragedy cannot be outlawed. They are correct. However, laws are created to eliminate as much risk as possible. We must find a solution. There are hundreds of examples where laws have been created to ensure reasonable safety of inflicted harm to others and ourselves. First, the legal drinking age is 21. We place someone behind the wheel of a motorized projectile, a vehicle that weighs on average over 3,200 pounds, but to do so, we are required to study then take a written and physical driving test before being granted a license to drive. There are a multitude of laws limiting our use of a vehicle. Over the years, we have imposed laws, then even stricter laws, when a person drives while under the influence. It has not stopped all drinking and driving, but statistics show that the number of deaths have dramatically declined due to these measures. Also. The bare minimum age to rent a car is 21. However, in most states, it's 25. After one person attempted to blow up an airliner using their shoes, laws were enacted 
that we had to remove our shoes to pass through the security checkpoints before we could fly. By the way, no one died on that plane. I'm tired of excuses. And I'm tired of the blame game. I'm tired of the finger pointing. We must find a solution. Every professional trained advocate that I know understands that whenever an elected official speaks, it is political. If you're calling on protecting your position, it is political. If you're calling on defeating a position, it is political. Saying nothing is political. Deflecting, much like a person with ADD saying, oh, look over here, a squirrel, it is political. Saying that this is not the time for politics is political. Opponents of any restrictions or limitations on gun ownership will look to our Second Amendment rights. Let's take a look. The Second Amendment reads, quote, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed, end quote. I'm not arguing that the people have a right to keep and bear arms. Clearly, they do. We as a people in government have restricted the rights of the First Amendment in the past that limits freedom of speech. You cannot yell fire in a crowded theater due to the fear of a human stampede. Different forms of hate speech have been restricted. First Amendment limitations have been imposed on numerous occasions and are interpreted every day in our courts. The most consequential legislation ever passed in our Congress stems from a call to action due to events that affect public opinion. Abraham Lincoln famously said, quote, In this age, in this country, public sentiment is everything. With it, nothing can fail. Against it, nothing can succeed. Whoever molds public sentiment goes deeper than he who enacts statutes or pronounces judicial decisions, end quote. However, today's public sentiment has not yet turned the tide. I come from a family of gun owners. I own guns. We are reasonable, rational, safety-focused, and law-abiding citizens. To hunt in Pennsylvania, I had to take an intensive safety course and pass an exam. I was trained as a professional bodyguard early in my life, and to carry a firearm, I had to attend, complete, and pass an FBI-created lethal weapons class. Then, and only then, could I legally carry a firearm. Gun violence is a big problem. It is not an easy problem to solve. But I do know one thing. We cannot sit idly by and watch nothing happen again and again and again. Let me be clear. I do not want to take guns out of the hands of law-abiding citizens. Let me repeat that statement. Let me be clear. I do not want to take guns out of the hands of law-abiding citizens. But much like the way we must be trained to drive a car, I believe we must be trained to handle guns. I am merely suggesting that we would all be safer if we required all gun owners to be trained in gun safety measures. If a person walks into a gun shop to purchase a gun, they must currently go through a background check prior to receiving the gun. 
What if we simply added an additional step? Once cleared through the background check, the new gun owner would be required to complete a safety course. They would then be granted a record or license showing their gun ownership and the completion of the safety course. This is unless you have something to hide or don't have the time to complete a safety course. If we required all gun owners to be trained in gun safety measures, it would be a financial bonanza for the businesses that run shooting facilities, as well as for the businesses that sell guns. New gun training businesses will be created. We must find a solution. Why do we care so much more for the cold, hard steel of a gun than we care for human life? Something in this is wrong. How come a gun has more rights than our children? Children have limited rights. They can't vote. They cannot contribute to political parties or campaigns. The best ammo we have to combat this hideous, hateful violence is through advocacy. Speak out. Discuss the actions you want elected officials to do. Let them know that you want action to limit gun violence. Ask them this simple question. Explain to me how a gun in America has more rights than a child. Then listen. If they take no action or vote against your interests, then do not financially support their candidacy or that of their political party. Recruit others to do the same. And if once again nothing happens, use the ballot box to cast your vote on the subject. To get my vote, I will require any candidate for state or federal office to agree to reasonable solutions to end this type of gun violence in our schools, houses of worship, and communities, regardless of party. And they will know this up front. America, let us recalibrate our moral compass. Let's stand on our convictions, on principle, on decency, and on humanity. We must find a solution to end this epidemic in America. I'm Roger Rickard. Now go out and make it a great day for advocacy. We hope you enjoyed today's Voices in Advocacy podcast and look forward to you joining us again next week. To learn more about Voices in Advocacy, go to our website, voicesinadvocacy.com.